Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Billion Dollar Movie Club. This is the show where we talk about the movies that made $1 billion or more around the world. And then we go, wow, that's cool. Maybe there's something to these movies. Sometimes there's Maybe. not. Sometimes there is. Whoa, a voice. A <laughs> voice from the ether if you're listening to the podcast. Where did that voice come from? Who is there? Reveal yourself. It is I, Pawan Mehta. Help on Meta. Thank you for joining me, Christian Basinson, as you do every week. Yes, it is such a surprise that I'm here once again on a weekly basis. <laughs> you know, this is a tough time in the world. So little certainty is there that you never know but what's you know going to happen. What will be certain that we're going what? to get through these movies. Wow. Wow. And by golly, can you believe it? <laughs> this is the 33rd movie we're doing. The 33rd movie. In a row. it is. In a row. Yeah. Compared to movies. Like we we, we just went week after week. Juan, but what about the movies in a column? movies on different planes. What about (laughs) movies in a column? What movies are we discussing on this column today? We're we're discussing uh, (laughs) the movies that actually did make a billion dollars in this column. Ooh, <laughs> and that is? Today we are discussing Black Panther. Black Panther, the film by Ryan Coogler, great director, released on February 16, 2018, with a budget of $200 million. Now, Pawan, I got a lot of facts for you coming up, all right? So put all on right, your hit, facts hit, glasses. Hit, hit me with the facts. All right, wait, wait one second. I'm going to take these glasses off. Oh, hey, glasses that look exactly identical. But they are fact glasses. Wow. Magical. I'm ready. The film opened over President's President's Day weekend. So I had a three-day total of $202 million, but a four-day total of $242 million domestic opening. It is the highest opening for a non-Avengers, at the time, for a non-Avengers MCU movie. And was the highest February, winter, and President's Day weekends. All right? Its second weekend, it made $112 million, a 45% decrease. It was the second best second weekend ever for a movie and the smallest drop for an MCU film. It would go on to become the highest grossing February release ever, taking the title from, yes, you guessed it, Mel Gibson's Passion of the Christ. The film would be number one for five weekends straight until it was dethroned by, yes, you guessed it again, Pacific Rim Uprising. Uh, this I didn't even uh, see that one. <laughs> Black Panther's release in 2018 is the very first film to have five consecutive weekends at number one since Avatar in 2009. It was also the first film released in February to have five weekends at number one since Wayne's World in 1992. What an accomplishment to go from Mike Myers to Chadwick Boseman. This is a, this is a headline. March 10th, 2018 from Rebecca Rubin from Variety. Black Panther crosses $1 billion at global box office. The film would go on gross $700 million domestic and a total of $1.347 billion. 
It at the time was the third highest grossing film domestically and ninth worldwide. Currently sits at number four domestic and twelve worldwide. Pawan, what a before film. we get yeah. Um, I one thing I do remember about this one that I don't really remember about all the rest is the amount of uh, word of mouth press yes. that this one got in relation to most movies on this list. Like yeah. it, this eclipsed all of that in terms of just like free marketing from the audience yeah i think it is the rare i wouldn't i would say we haven't seen this since avatar maybe you could throw in like a a force awakens um where like yes it was based on established property but it grew even greater than than you would expect that to be but like I, I remember seeing like Facebook posts and stuff like that of like, uh, you know, black people being like, this movie is for us. We need to go and support this. Yeah. And like people buying out entire theaters to bring like school groups and stuff like that to go see it. It wasn't an event. And and I think there is a time where every entry on this this list was an event. You know, the first two movies were Titanic and Return of the King. Oh yeah, yeah, like Titanic was, of course, James Cameron at like one of his like creative peaks. Return yeah, of Titan- the King and the was was like three movies in a row of bangers and year then, after year after year. I don't know. If we, I don't know if we throw in Dead Man's Chest. I I don't no. know what, <laughs> but like Dark Knight was an event. Yeah, Avatar was an event, and then slowly it it was diminished as as ticket prices were increased and more more movies made that billion but this this was an event uh also fun to note it was still like doing pretty well by the time next week's movie infinity war came to theaters and so there's a bump in black panther tickets sold the week infinity war came out it's crazy um I, you know what else is crazy the what? event of this film pull on what happens in this movie okay so we open as every Black Panther story should in Oakland, California. <laughs> um, there's a man there, uh, Sterling K. Brown. Treasure that he is. About to do a uh, weapons deal of some kind. And then Black Panther man shows up. He's like, you betrayed your peoples. He's like, no, you betrayed the world. And then Black Panther man is, I'm sorry, but I got to kill you now. And he kills him now. And then while down on the street, we see a young boy look up and see the spaceship. He's like, oh, shit, I think I know what went down. Cut to the future. And like uh, the Wakandans are uh, reeling from the events of civil war because their king is dead. But now they're celebrating a new king because... Uh, Mr. Uh, Chadwick Boseman himself is like, I'm the king now. I'm going to care for our people. And then uh, they have a whole ceremony about it. He fights with one of the other tribes to be like, you know what? I need to prove that I could be the king of everyone here. So he does that and he wins. And then while all this is happening, uh, that little kid from before, he grew up. Can you believe it? Kids grew up? Yeah, I know. It's like, 10 years go by and someone who is small becomes big. <laughs> and now he's he's uh he's killing people left and right. 
he might as well call him Killmonger because he he mongers them kills. <laughs> and um, he he's getting weapons deals. He's dealing with Andy Circus. He kills Andy Circus. He brings the body to Wakanda. He's like, I'm the king now. And then he he defeats uh, the Black Panther in combat. But he didn't kill him. So the fight wasn't over. So they continue the fight, even though half of, there's the one tribe that's like, nah, it was over, boy, it's over. So they help, they help the new king. And then uh, there was big fight, like Battle of the Far- Five Armies type shit. And then uh, Killmonger, get this, get this. The Killmonger was killed. <laughs> and that was the movie. That was a movie. Uh, before I forget, I'd, I'd like to point out something very fun mm-hmm. for me. I don't know if it's fun for you. Uh, <laughs> Black Panther is the first uh, entry in this film, in this podcast, since Toy Story 3 to be a Best Picture nominee. Hmm. Uh, and would go on, I believe, seven Oscar nominations with two wins. Uh, it won for uh, three wins. I apologize. Three wins. Production design, costume design, and soundtrack. Uh, or score with additional nominations for uh, uh, the two sound picture and I think I'm missing one. Maybe it was only six nominations. I had it pulled up and then I left the page because I was trying to figure something else out. But this this really was uh, a moment and watching again, it's 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 still a solid movie. It's I don't it's know a, what do you think. It's a really it's a really solid movie. Um, we're getting to that point in the podcasts where like these movies came out semi-recently so like watching it again i do remember the events like pretty well Hmm. so it's a good thing that half the move more than half the movies from here on out i haven't seen yet (laughs) (laughs) you want something new something you haven't seen before yeah but Um, like yeah it was it was a really good movie i i want to bring up we've had a discussion many a time on this show Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's a discussion we'll have in the coming weeks, including next week, about MCU and the action. Yes. Wait, next week? Next week's Infinity War. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, because you, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You you brought up that you feel like a lot of the action loses something because of all the different cuts, and and it's hard to keep. Yeah. Separate. Yeah, I felt that a bit during the the water fights, the one on ones, but not. Uh, I don't think it was as much as like a, a civil war cut. But it I, wasn't I, as I bad liked... as civil war. But it was. I was. I did get lost a good amount in the fights. I I do want to shout out the casino scene, which was I, terrific. I didn't like that. <laughs> you didn't like the casino scene. Again, it felt like too much, too many cuts, it's, and like it starts off. There were moments where. Um, you could see them like holding back somewhat and like really i i felt like you could see the moment where they like punch and then there's like the space and then uh hmm, hmm. interesting cuz i so like i i lo- i really like this movie hmm. just did not like the fights like that i i do want to say the it's odd i don't think we talk about the action in this movie in the same way we talk about maybe uh future spoilers cap picking up 
Mjolnir or or whatever other badass moments there are in other MCU movies. I don't think that happens in the action sequences here. But I I, I really like that casino scene. And and it starts off with Denigra's uh Okoye, that's her character, right? Yeah. She 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 fights with the speed so uses the wig as a weapon. <laughs> and then it turns into this this wonder of like going through all of the casino and cutting through. And there's some like it was ob- it's kind of obvious where the cuts are, but it's hidden well enough that like, oh, I, I could do get lost in this. I'll be honest, for me, watching that again, I was just like Yo, can I go back to Skyfall with that casino scene? <laughs> Ooh, Skyfall is something different. Skyfall is something different. But like for me, it was just too close in terms of like setup and like what the fight was. Hmm. That it just reminded me of that. And I was like, damn, that like that actually had some really good choreo. And was the Skyfall casino thanks. the one with the uh the Komodo? Uh, the, the yeah, dragon. with the dragon. Yeah, that was a fun one. That was a fun one. Um. But yeah, I, I do think it's interesting. I don't feel like we ever talk about the action in this movie. I except for uh the ending fight that I I, I don't think holds up at all. You know what? There was one moment that really reminded me of this Rainy Spider-Man fights. Which one? When they're falling towards the uh Yeah. <laughs> I could see that. They, because it really like a... was reminiscent of the free fall moments of like the Doc Ock fights or the uh, fight with Venom at the end of three. Well, going into that, um, my biggest issue with the Black Panther Killmonger fight at the end when they're one-on-one on the train is that, yes, it kind of looks cool, but there is, it, there is no weight to the effects. And it's a little... That's it, the other it, thing. The special effects grounded. in this movie are just... They feel very, I don't know, there's some uncanny valley aspect to it that, like, you yes. could tell, like, even in the casino fight, there was the moments where, like, you see the hand-to-hand combat, and then he does huh. that super jump to get to the next level, and you're like, oh, I saw the effects or something wasn't really just, like, blended in well enough. Interesting. Because I feel like that's the biggest complaint people have about this movie is the special effects. Yeah. I think in the fight sequences, it's not the greatest. But when you get to, like, you know all the stuff in Sherry's lab, or or oh, when I, it's I, just by itself, it's pretty damn solid. I really liked that opening sequence. I forgot it was like the 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 tale of how the Wakandans discovered the vibranium, and so there's this little like fable and then right, right. but it's beautiful. Yeah, it, it's great when it that is what it is. But like when they have to like mix the CGI with the uh, actual sh- like film yeah. stuff, it's kind of off. It, it it feels off, um, but I think it says something when the action isn't the best part of your action movie, and yet people still love it and yeah. gravitate to it. I think we need to point out that like there's shit we're gonna miss as as to not black people. Yeah, the one thing I will say about the action scenes, just going back to it really quickly, mm. I did like the. Um, the uh car chases or the yes. car chase that was good i really like that I, one moment where he turns the car by like scraping the yes gravel yeah that shit was tight <laughs> i i will say i you know we watched a bunch of the fast and furiouses for this podcast i finally watched uh hobbs and shaw this week 
Mm-hmm. And I, the cars felt a little slow in comparison to Fast and Furious. Well, yeah, yeah. But after getting over that, I'm like, oh, they were doing some really cool stuff here. The way he he jumps from car to building to car. Uh, I like Okoye and uh, oh, what's Lupita's character's name? Uh, Nakia. Yeah, I like them in the car, and they're like kind of calm reaction to everything until the car comes apart and and Lupita slides down. <laughs> Uh, and and uh, you know Shuri jumping like controlling the that was really cool controlling the car from Wakanda. One thing I'll I'll never get over in this movie is that that one moment with Shuri when she she's talking to uh to T'Challa T'Challa in in the the lab at the beginning. It's it's so jarring still. The what are those? I remember being in theater thinking, what the fuck? But also <laughs> the entire theater er- erupting in laughter. It's, I don't like it, <laughs> but I understand what's there for, which I was thinking about as it was coming. I'm like, I don't want to get to this line, but I'm like, <laughs> Shuri is there to be the future and disrupt the traditions and sh- shows that it's possible to 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 still be traditional and, and still be in uh, uh one with the current world. And so, yeah, she is influenced by modern day culture. She references movies and she makes TikTok references because who doesn't? Or is it Vine? Is it TikTok or Vine at that time? I don't know. Uh, but the, okay, if we're going to get into like backstory, then I don't know how much that's true because if anything, she seems like maybe she's experiencing the outside world just through that lens of the internet because at the end when they go to Oakland, she's like, you finally take me to California and we just come here. Yeah. I, I, I was, yeah, oh, she experiences were, yeah. it through the lens of the internet. Yeah. Hence, hence, what are those? I don't know. It, it, like, I get it. I don't like Still it. Felt I don't really like it, dry. but it, I think it fits. I think it says a lot for the character that she, she tosses that in. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. There's no argument here. I don't know what we're going I have a thought, and I'm going to fight for my thought. All right. You see, you see this? You see this? This is from every thought I fought for. I have none because I haven't fought for any thoughts, and I want to finally do you ha- it. You've had no thoughts. <laughs> no, no thoughts. No thoughts at all. <laughs> all, all these discussions on the podcast... I just read off Wikipedia. <laughs> I'm under the, the, the tab that says reception, and these are all my thoughts. Damn, I didn't know that the reception tabs were so long. <laughs> Five hours long. <laughs> um, there is an element to this movie that's been added, and I don't know if it's because of recent events. But it feels so much more tragic with the passing of Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this is a hopeful movie by the end. As he, he takes the reins and he's going to blend the past and present. And, and then he dies. And it, it fucking sucks. I you know, fucking hate it. But like speaking of the hopefulness of this. like <laughs> I love how the two movies going into Infinity War are like full of hope. What was the other one before this? Thor. Oh, Ragnarok. you're talking about in the podcast. In the podcast. Oh. No, no, no. 
and, Is Rock uh, McIntyre playing before this? Interesting. And then Infinity War just happens, and then it's just like, no, fuck whatever those movies were about. <laughs> Actually, that's 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 fun though. Bring the hero up, and then they're knocked down by Infinity War. We'll talk about Infinity War when we no, get we'll, to we'll Infinity get to War. We'll to yeah, uh, I do think it's interesting. You know, talking about that element of hope. Um, we watched In the Heights this weekend as it came out. In the Heights, uh, director John M. Chu, his previous film, Crazy Rich Asians. I think they both tackle this idea of, of blending the past and present. And I, you get a lot of that in both Black Panther and last week's episode, Last Jedi, which I think is very interesting. Mm. This kind of this is where I get analytical. Can you tell? Well, I mean, it's a kind of Disney's modus operandi at this point. Uh, but but I, I'm, I'm, I was saying, <laughs> I wasn't done. I think it's interesting in this post-Trump world. After his election, right? And he, he was so uh, like, we're going to go back to America's values. It, well, the way it was is the correct way and right way, right? And then you get Last Jedi, which challenges the past and, and questions it. Same with Pla- Black Panther, Crazy Rich Agents in the Heights. And I just found that to be an interesting thing to notice uh, in the three movies I watched this month. I don't know. It feels like Disney's just been doing that in general, even in terms of its animated movies. They're basically like taking what worked before and assimilating it to the current culture. But I feel like Disney will glorify it. Something like Mary Poppins Returns, I feel like glorifies the past, right? Yeah, but then you get something like um, Wreck-It Ralph Breaks the Internet. Ralph Breaks the Internet? I don't like yeah. that. What did yeah, it but do? like that's like the scene that was in the trailer with uh, just like making the jokes about all the princesses. Yes, yes. But I, I, I think making jokes about and, and reckoning with it are two different things. Hmm. It understands that the path forward isn't the absolute let's go back to what used to work or the absolute uh, with Killmonger. Absolute anarchy is not the correct answer either. There's a blend that we need. And I think you get that in in the Heights, in Black Panther, in The Last Jedi, which I, I don't know if Disney as a whole is, is sticking to that, that philosophy, but I, mm-hmm. I, I think that's interesting to see these filmmakers reckon with that uh, in these these more recent movies. Interesting. Uh, so let's go back to the movie. Sure. I was talking about the movie. Yeah, and, and sure the you were. Of it. Sure and, you and were. The, looking at it in a, in a wider lens. Puan, <laughs> can't do this with Despicable Me 3. All right. You want next Please examine ha- Despicable Me 3 in a wider lens in its context in the world. Just wait till Minions 2 happens. We're going to have to talk about it. One, that movie's not coming out. <laughs> it's it's Despicable Me. Uh, no, it's it's Minions 2 and and fucking the Wicked movie. They're never coming out. Um, but uh, yeah, I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Oh, did you did you have something or may I? Andy Circus. He was fun. What do you want to say? So I, 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 I this kind of rolls into what I want to, want to bring up. Mm-hmm. I mentioned the uh, 
Oscar nominations and wins. Uh, let me just get their names because I, I feel like I, I'm disrespecting them if I don't say their names. Mm-hmm. And fuck, there's a lot of information on this Wikipedia page. It's very hard to find what you're looking for. Why is it this fucking hard to find what I'm looking for? I know what I'm looking for. I know it where it usually I is mean, on a Wikipedia come on, page. you're you're used to this by now. Every week you just go through what's on the Wikipedia page, right? Why is this so hard? Yeah, but n- there's so much this time. <laughs> uh as I as I mentioned earlier, uh was it three, four, five, six, seven Oscar nominations, sound mixing, sound editing, production design. Song, score, costume design, picture wins in original score for Ludwig Granson. Mm-hmm. Do you know Ludwig Granson? I don't. Uh, the dude uh, does all of Ryan Coogler movies, does all of the stuff with Childish Gambino. He just did Tenet. Uh, he does Mandalorian, one of the great. Uh, Wait, he did the score, you said? Yeah. One of the great. So composers. he's the reason you can't hear the dialogue in Tenet. No, no. <laughs> um, I do like that he won the Oscar. I bet you everyone expected a black man to walk up on stage because <laughs> he's a white and it is just very funny. Um, production design, the team Hannah Beachler and Jay Hart. Mm-hmm. I believe Hannah Beachler is like the first black woman to win uh, the NB nominee in the category, which is badass. And then Ruthie Carter does in- uh, incredible costumes. She's Spike Lee's uh, go-to person a lot of the time, uh, I, and and she she did incredible costumes. But I wanted to bring up yeah. going to you in a circus. Um, this film won best cast ensemble at the SAG Awards, which is the their kind of equivalent of best picture. The first superhero movie to ever do that, um, and it's a really fucking great ensemble. <laughs> As we as the movie goes on, I'm like, oh hey, we talked about this person in another movie, and that person, and we'll talk about. I think the only person who's not in another movie we talk about on this podcast is uh, uh, Daniel Kaluuya. Right, because we talked about us, not Get Out. We talked about us, but even even like Lupita. First off, Lupita and Andy Serkis, I think, is the first pair of co-stars to appear in two consecutive episodes of the podcast. They're both in Last Jedi, and now they're both in Black Panther. Wait, who Circus, is Circus and uh... Circus is Snoke? Oh, and Lupita's Mas Kanata. Hmm. Um, I think someone is also going to appear in next week, uh, if I remember correctly. Well, I mean, a lot of people are. Chadwick no, Boseman's I mean, going to appear. I, I think <laughs> one of them is in is in Infinity War too. Did he make them the first three time person? I was about to say yeah. like. Yeah, Chadwick I think someone's going to appear next week in Infinity War. Chadwick, Deny, <laughs> uh, Letitia, all going to pop up again. But fuck, this cast is great. Forrest Whitaker's back. It, I... What are you going to say? I, I was about to say, like, it feels like um, at this point, whenever there's, like, a big black movie like this, they call together, like... A similar team like it's always the same names for the most yes. part well that's that's the same thing with when asians do movies like a bunch yeah. of the crazy rich asian people were also in raya and the last dragon or over the moon like there's 
so many talents, but when you have something of this magnitude, this size, you want the A-lists. And sadly, the the pocket of A-lists isn't as wide as white people because Hollywood. It's got Hollywood. So you are going to get, you know, Denai and Lupita and Kaluuya. It's really weird. Lakeith Stanfield's not in this movie. Oh, yeah. Well, he wasn't that big yet, was he? This is post-Get Out in Atlanta. Sure, he but didn't have Judas yet, but... But I don't think he really got big until, like, season two of Atlanta. No, you're, I, I'm not going to say it. With the wrong. Teddy Perkins episode. I think that's when he started Ooh. to blow up. I'm not going to say you're wrong. I'll be honest. I don't think Lakeith blew up fully until he randomly got nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, I think for Lakeith... Sorry to Bother You, right? No, or... he's nominated for Judas. Oh, yeah. I feel like even with Sorry to Bother You... And and I'm sure there's other movies I'm forgetting. Knives Out. Like, he was always that, hey, it's that, that dude territory. And then he randomly gets nominated for the Oscar and supporting actor. We're like, oh, Lakeith's I mean, officially out of that. It, it is crazy because he isn't, like, I love Lakeith, but he really is not a showy actor. And I love yeah. that he's able to, like, get into that level while not being that. Yeah, that's that's part of what's great of Lakeith, but it's sadly Lakeith's not in this movie. However, right. as I as I brought Forrest Whitaker, I've I don't remember him being in this movie as much as he is. I could have sworn it was just like two scenes, one at the beginning, one at the end. I swear he's playing the same character as Rogue One. He is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> With an accent, and I still love it. He's great. I mean, he is he he does turn down the crazy factor for this one. Because I feel like that was a lot higher in Rogue One. Yeah, yeah. He was he was more shaky in Rogue One, both physically and vocally. And uh, there's a little less of that. Um, you you brought up Andy Serkis, who uh, you forget because he's always the CGI characters. But fuck, Andy Serkis is good. Yeah. Like, I want him to be more live-action roles because he is a delight in this movie and such a fun villain. Uh, and he didn't get a lot to do in Ultron. Again, it's one of those things where it, it feels like a lot of... Again, I don't like the Marvel thing where it's like we're setting this up for later. Yeah. Did you realize uh, Andy Serkis is, is directing the Venom Let There Be Carnage? That sounds amazing, and I am so hyped for that movie. Wait, Andy Serkis is is Pattinson's Alfred? Is what? Wait, what? In Robert Pattinson's The Batman. Andy Serkis <laughs> is Alfred. What is the casting of that movie? <laughs> I am so on board with Andy Serkis <laughs> as Alfred. I didn't realize that. I guess they, yeah. they're really trying to differentiate it from like what uh, Nolan did at this point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a tweet that uh, Robert Panson's Batman totally does in reference to uh, the Batman discussion this weekend. <laughs> For those unaware, uh, in the show Harley Quinn, the writers tried to write a scene where uh, Batman uh, ate out Catwoman. And then the WB people were like, heroes don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, we can't have heroes do that. 
No, they okay. just they just you said know. heroes don't do. <laughs> you know, our pants since Batman does. But like, also, can, can you really classify them as a hero? Girls, girls, ladies, ladies, this is for you. If if your man ain't willing to eat you out, is he really a hero? <laughs> I saw a tweet of someone like it's every actor who played Batman, and then yes or no. Like Keen's Batman did, Bale's Batman didn't. Well, like I feel like you also have to have the dichotomy of like Bruce Wayne or like Batman. Like each actor's renditions of both <laughs> Oh, so 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 it's very possible that Bale's Batman doesn't, but Bale's Bruce Wayne does. Yes, yes, that's what I, I think. That, that I is definitely that. what do I think. Do you think all the Bruce Wayne's do because they have the billionaire? No, uh, no, I don't know if that's necessarily true because, like, even though I haven't seen it, but I, I don't think the uh, George Clooney Batman or the Bruce Wayne, I don't think the George Clooney Bruce Wayne would, would uh, be a hero in that regard. Interesting. <laughs> what a conversation for the Black Panther episode of this podcast. So as we mentioned, uh, probably 10-time alum of the Billing Dog Movie Club, Andy Serkis. Right. Well, you know what? Let's let's tie this back into the the movie of this week. Oh, Do was, we I think gonna... King T'Challa would be a wow. hero in that regard? T'Challa. T'Challa. I think I think Killmonger totally. Oh, definitely, definitely. Did you? I forgot that. Like, there's the woman helping him break out the the artifact from the museum, and they fucking jump on each other as soon as they're in the ambulance. Um, you know I he's think, a hero. <laughs> I think uh, Daniel Kaluuya is Wakabi. No. Nah. Nah. I think Winston Duke's Mbaku. Yes. But I think I think, see the uh, thing is I'm wondering like is King T'Challa in the hero in the king category yes. of being a hero or is he a DJ Khaled type of king? I think T'Challa <laughs> depends on the partner for T'Challa. I, I don't think it's as as clear as Mbaku and uh, uh, what is Kaluuya's character's name? But what about uh, Andy Circus? Oh, Circus, yes. <laughs> nice, nice. I love Daniel Kaluuya. We all do. Yes. Yes. Great in Get Out. Judas and Black Messiah, Widows, etc. Why is he in this movie? What do you mean? I, I feel like he doesn't have a lot to do. And it's like, we don't even really get to develop that relationship between him and Denai Guerrero. Um, I, I mean, I, my thing with watching this movie this time is that there's so much. I found that it felt a little rushed. Right, because they set up all these different tribes but don't really flesh them out. Yeah. Like, they said there was, what, six? I think six. And you don't really only get a sense of three of them? Yeah, because Kalia is a different tribe uh, than... Yeah, so three of them. And even then, like... I don't know. I, I, I would like a little more time with the relationships developing them um 
be and and so yeah, I feel I I forget Daniel Kaluuya's in this movie, which is weird because he's one of the great actors we have working today, and and he he's there to to be mad at T'Challa for trying once and it didn't work out. Like, come on, give well, the dude a second also, chance. Well, it also feels like uh, he's the one who initially like raises the idea of like interacting with the outside world so it it plants that seed of him being more favorable to killmonger sure Sure. that's fair i felt like martin freeman was an odd addition to this movie i I I mean you had to have one white person that everyone puts down whenever he shows up right other than that i assume it's just to have the outsider to show that outsiders could be good and be trusted right but I also feel like he was unnecessary. He he definitely felt like a character added in to showcase how... So, like, for two reasons. To showcase how the outside world would interact with all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And two, so that whenever the, the main character is speaking and he tries to say something, he's like, you shut up. This isn't about you. So that the people in the audience could be like, damn right! <laughs> <laughs> Also, I'm sure there's just an element of, hey, who else can we throw in here from the MCU? What about this character we all forgot was in Civil War? <laughs> and, and then they're like, oh, yeah, my old friend. I'm like, you two had two lines together in Civil War. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing I don't get about these movies, how they keep mentioning, like, offhand the, this, like, moment, like, uh, with Civil War when... Uh, Black Widow's like, the least you could do is remember me <laughs> to uh, the Winter Soldier during that fight. I don't even remember that line. But like, it's In there. The it's like, what are you Oh, I see, I see. <laughs> the quips. This movie was a little less quippy. I liked that. Yeah, I, you did it, did. it definitely felt a lot more character built than just like one lines to like single lines to give you a sense of relations yeah. and all that. Do we think that's a Russo brother touch? Yeah, and I don't like it. <laughs> hmm. But yeah, uh Kulia is solid, but I I I think he he doesn't get too much to do. Uh I was big fan of uh sorry, similar line of Kulia, Angela Bassett doesn't get too much to do, but she's so fucking badass that just She was the screen. mom, right? Yeah, just put on on screen and and you're good. <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> She's great. Um, I I love Winston Duke in this movie. He's he's a fun presence. Was he in Baku? Yeah. Uh, total one eighty from his role in Us, but also you you get that. Oh yeah. <laughs> that kind of a larger than life character from him that he he brings so well. Right. Uh, what else has he done? I feel like we need more Winston Duke in our films. Or we, we need to talk about Sterling K. Brown. It's yes. it's nice to see him in something where he could relax a little bit. Because like usually in his main show, he's a power lifter because he's carrying the that entire show. I gotta <laughs> say, even if he's not carrying this entire film, holy Oh no, he's he's great, but like it's great that he can relax a little bit and not have to carry the entire. Was he real? He didn't need to bring that much to his two <laughs> scenes, but thank God he did. Thank God, Sterling K. Brown is 
I feel like whenever a new person establishes themselves in Hollywood, they're always like 21, 22, and then I hate myself. But he, he, it, with well, the thing is, with the, that's more of a thing for women. For men, it is more likely to be gaining I don't know. prominence when how, you're a little How older. many bland white dudes that are like 20 something do you see? Yeah, but how, how quickly do they fade out of relevance? That's a different conversation. That's a different conversation. But Timothy Chalamet and Lucas Hedges are still there. Yeah, why is Lucas Hedges still there? <laughs> His dad's an established dude in Hollywood. I don't think Lucas Hedges is incompetent, but I <laughs> I think outside of Manchester. I, I don't know about that. Manchester's the only role of Lucas Hedges. I'm like, yeah, you're incredible. But like I don't love him, Lady Bird. Hated him in mid 90s. I didn't we, love we, we saw uh, him yeah. on Broadway. Weekly <laughs> gallery. Anyways, I wanted to talk about Winston Duke. Was were we talking about Winston Duke, right? We were talking about Sterling K. Brown. Sterling K. Brown. <laughs> Motherfucker has such great he you know it's rare in this day and life. age there it's rare in this day and age for like an actor from a uh like prime time like 18 to 22 episode show a season to be nominated for an emmy but like didn't he win like once or twice well, okay well, let's break open this sorry k brown let's crack open the book because holy shit dude just kind of a dude i looked it up he appeared in stuff but he wasn't like, you know, that big name. And then he does OJ versus the people, American crime story, and is spectacular in it, wins every award, even the Emmy. Next year, he happens to have This Is Us, which becomes the biggest drama on TV, wins another fucking Emmy. And then he does Black Panther. He does uh, he does fucking waves. He does a guest star in Brooklyn Nine Nine gets nominated for another Emmy. I believe he was nominated when he hosted SNL. He got nominated for when he was in Mrs. in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And I can't for the be se- for the uh, season we don't talk about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I can't be mad because like I have problems with that season. He's great though. He he brings such a a tangible. Uh, inner life to the character that you always see it in his eyes like the thing is i i love this is us you mm. you know i love this is us the people listening you might not know that but i love this is us mm. it wouldn't even be half the show without him <laughs> it is Nothing would be half the show without it without him because like damn like especially this season the episodes that were real standouts were the ones that were focused on his character I feel like that's what people say about every episode of This Is Us. No, no, but like um, there was one episode this season where we don't need to talk about This Is Us. <laughs> Can you keep talking? It seems to be getting loud in my house. And... Okay, so in this, there's this one episode of This Is Us that happened in the last season where he finally finds out the history of his uh, birth mother who he never really met or knew about and like confronting that like realization that he only learned about her after she was gone and finding out what she left behind for him just like all that and the moment of catharsis in that episode beautiful beautiful sterling k brown makes everything better 
it's really fucking crazy that none of us have decided to just add him to every movie at the end of the podcast each week. Because <laughs> it would. It'd make it so much better. Uh, was that our, our story, K, Sterling K. Brown hour? Appreciation uh, minute, yes. Yeah. I think, I think you know, we have our rankings of the movies at the end. And, you know, we talk about we need to have a Hall of Fame for the Billion Dollar Movie Club's favorite actors, right? Obviously, first inductee, Mads Mikkelsen. Hell yes. Second inductee, <laughs> Sterling K. Brown. Who would our third and- be? We'll discover it. We'll discover it because there's a lot of incredible actors we've we've talked about in, during this podcast, and uh, but but very few get us excited like a Mads Mikkelsen, a Sterling K. Brown, right? May I toss in Laurie Metcalf or John Goodman? <laughs> Those are two of my favorites, but we're not going to talk about them on any of these podcasts. <laughs> Actually, hey, John Goodman remember. was in uh, Toy Story three, wasn't he? Lori Metcalf was in Toy Story. She's in the Toy <laughs> Stories. I think John Goodman it might do a voice in the Transformers, as I say it. Like, wasn't he the bear in three? No, no, that was Ned Beatty, R.A.P. Hmm. He's in the Monster Inks. Uh oh yeah. Big fluffy one. Yes, the big fluffy one. He's the one that Agnes is talking about in Despicable Me when she talks about stuff being fluffy. It's not the unicorn. It's a crossover with uh, Monsters, Inc. Um, One thing, there were moments where this did feel like a black James Bond movie. Like, especially with the... Just specifically that segment of, like, from going from the lab to the casino scene. Like, that entire segment felt, felt like a, like first act confrontation in the james bond movie you know what i mean there, well there's there's a there's levels of tension created by the secrecy there's also and like the the like build up and payoff of the, all the individual weapons or whatever that they set up in the lab sure 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 so, so that was that's yeah is this the black james bond or is james bond the white black panther i mean Black Panther came out what three years ago, and uh, James Bond's when, been when kicking. Did, it when did the for... comics? When did the comics start? When did the comics start? Hold up, I'm looking this up. Black Panther, based on the comic of the same name, character of the same name. Ooh, I got a, a thing. Okay, I'll look at that later. Uh, comic started 1966. Yeah, Doctor No came out in like 62 or 64. Hold on, I'm looking up James Bond. James Jimothy Bond. Like the first Bond movie Damn came it. out before 53. <laughs> 53. Let right. alone the first Bond book. Damn. Anyways, um, just because we're, we're rounding out the cast and we were almost there. Uh, Letitia Wright. Uh, what else has she been in? She, uh, she may have said some problematic things early, uh, last year. But mm. she's... Uh, I want to say she's in an episode of Black Mirror. Nom- yes. Because I'm pretty sure she was nominated for an Emmy for that. She's in... Um... Which season was that from? Because, like... I'll be honest. Uh, Black Mirror? It, it, it really went downhill once Netflix took over. I, it is a Netflix season. Season 4. Yeah, I didn't see that. 
Uh, I haven't I haven't gone to Black Mirror. Uh, she's in Ready Player One. What the fuck? Like for like for me, um, Black Mirror, it's good up until after the Christmas special, hmm. because know, but... then it gets a little too obvious in its messaging and all that, and just also becomes too blunt. But pawn the interactive episode. I haven't even seen it because I I, I just. You know, the funny thing is I haven't played any of the Netflix games yet. Any of them. Come on. Minecraft story mode? I I didn't even finish. uh, Even I've done one. I was I I was saying I did the Kimmy Schmidt one. No, I didn't even finish the last season of Kimmy Schmidt, I think. Oh. So like I didn't do the Kimmy Schmidt one either. Anyways, uh Letitia Wright, I'm looking at her filmography. She's she's building up filmography. The commuter with Liam Neeson. Uh, Guava Island, which is the Gambino Amazon short movie, I think. Uh, I love how, just side tangent, completely going off. I love how Liam Neeson is doing the same shit that Tom Cruise is doing, but just like on a slightly lesser extent. (laughs) Because they they both cut their teeth on like some heavy dramas and stuff like that. And then at this point, they're just like, I'm just going to do action movies. And then Tom Cruise is like, I'm going to do crazy stunts with my action movies. And then Liam Neeson's like, I'm going to take 14 cuts to climb over a fence. <laughs> As someone who just watched Hobbs and Shaw for the first time this week, <laughs> Tom Cruise and Liam Neeson are doing the same thing that Jason Statham, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and yes, Supporting actor in Hobbs and Shaw, Ryan Reynolds, do with every movie. Well, no, I feel like Liam Neeson's a little bit worse because, like, I showed you that one scene from Taken 3, right? Where he climbs the ladder. I mean, Probably no, the fence. Yeah, I think you've seen, I've seen. <laughs> And it's like 14 cuts in seven seconds. <laughs> um, so Letitia Wright also this year had a Small Axe, the Steve uh, McQueen. Ah, I've been meaning to watch series. that. And then... Um, <laughs> She's in a movie, very big movie, been pushed for a while, and is in quite an interesting spot. Uh, Coast, uh, Kenneth Branagh's Death on the Nile, sequel to Murder on the Orient Express. Her co-stars include internet favorites. Let's call them internet favorites, Army Hammer and Gal Gadot. Very much beloved by the internet. <laughs> I didn't say beloved, but they're favorites <laughs> to be mentioned on the internet for reasons. Um, oh, wait. That movie's not coming out. There's no way it's coming out at this point. Army Hammer, get out of here. It's currently, it was supposed to come out last year. Wait, who? Early set to 2022. Who, who was the uh, guy who played the detective in Murder on the Orient Express? Brano. Brano played the, the, the detective. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Remember, the first one came out amid the Johnny Depp stuff happening. Johnny Depp was also in that movie. So, right. Uh, who knows what Brown does? Damn. He 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 keeps getting cursed by this shit. He does. And the first Murder on the Orient Express, not bad. Enjoyable. I mean, he really tried to make the detective a superhero and like he he built a franchise. There's a second one coming. Uh Denai Guerrera, I was a big fan of Walking Dead in its heyday. She was great on as Michonne. She's awesome as uh, Okoye, who, again, doesn't get too much stuff to do, but what she gets, she brings a, a wonderful 
uh, I love that play she wrote in her uh, days at NYU. Uh, in the it was like into the continuum or something like that. Oh, you're not talking about. Oh, okay, you're talking about a different one. Interesting. Yeah, in the continuum. Yeah, yeah. That that was a solid she's one. She's wonderful. Um, have we talked about Lupita yet? I mean, she she's classic, classic. I feel like around this era in 2018, I was like, come on, Hollywood. Why aren't, why aren't we giving Lupita stuff to do? But this is like the third movie we're talking about with her in it. So there was this, podcast. Us, and what else? Well, not even Us, because Us comes after, but like the two Star Wars. Oh, yeah. And then she was also in Jungle Book, which is one of those movies that's like almost in the club, but isn't. Like, she was getting paid. Yeah, it was one of the actually more respected uh, Disney remakes. Yeah. So we love Lupita. Um, and then I think the two actors you leave this movie talking about are Chadwick Boseman and Michael B. Jordan. Right? Yo, Michael B. Jordan's just on his game. Michael. Like him B. and Ryan Coogler, just like they were on a run. I'm, I get so excited with like those pairings because everyone talks about like Scorsese and De Niro and all those stuff. But I, I feel like we, uh, as younger moviegoers now, we get to see the birth of like a Ryan Coogler with Michael B. Jordan. Because three movies, all great. But like, it was crazy how uh, the second one worked. Like, it's crazy how Creed worked. I just, that's all I got to say. It's crazy yeah. how Creed worked. <laughs> I, I, a part of me wanted to rewatch all of Ryan Coogler's movies in preparation for Black Panther. I don't think you could rewatch Fruitvale Station. I can't rewatch Fruitvale Station. <laughs> I'm not ready for that. I watched it like two, three years ago. I can't go back right now. It's so much. But man knows how to direct the movie. And Michael B. Jordan knows how to star in a movie. Because even though he's not the main person for the first time in a Coogler movie, he steals the show. I'm trying to think, what else was he in outside of stuff with uh, Coogler? When I think of this movie, I think of that moment. I remember being in theater when uh, Shuri and and uh, Lupita, I can't think she's Lupita's name right now, when they're about to attack Killmonger. And he oh, gives shit. them this look. Oh, yeah. He was also in Chronicle. Oh, do we talk about Chronicle? Uh, the one that, that didn't have a writer. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Who had a director that people were so excited about. He's like, yo, this is the next superhero director. And the next movie he made was Fantastic. Hey, Michael B. <laughs> Jordan also had it. Uh, was like, hey, let me work with you again, Josh Trank. But yeah, I, I, remember, <laughs> I remember the fire in his eyes. And there's such fire throughout this entire film within him. Uh, he he is the the... What is it? The, the, the something in the cog? The cog in the wheel? What's that expression? In what? I, like, I don't know. The cog in the wheel? Is that a thing? That didn't the cog sense. in a machine? Something like that. Oh, what I'm trying to say, he's supposed to disrupt this movie, right? And he That's not so what a cog does. I, I, I realize I don't know the phrase, <laughs> so I wanted to just move on past it. Like that's the yeah, opposite I, of what a cog does. I remember Oscar season, this movie coming up, and people were like, I think Michael B. Jordan has a shot. And goddamn, I wish he got in over some of the people who did get in. I remember when this movie came out where um, I was in that mentality of thinking, like, you know, this is another in a long line of Disney uh, 
Disney villains who have a point, but because they're portrayed as the villain, they're just like, no, you're wrong. Mm. So like the interesting ideas are coming from the villains. But like what I will say about this one is that King T'Challa actually listened and was like, you know what? Maybe he was right about some things. Yeah. No, I, again, this this film is about finding the balance to move forward and 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 forge a new path, right? And you have these two extremists. You have you have the traditionalists of of the older generation with T'Challa, and then you have Killmonger being like, "Hey, burn down these plants that bring kings back to life." I'm still uncertain about what that was, but like T'Challa realizes that no one's absolutely correct, no one's absolutely wrong. There is a blend that you must find. And you you want to know what I find interesting through all this? What is that? This is the first movie in this franchise where the audience was like, you know what, maybe the villain has a point or something, which then brings us to uh, Infinity War. Well, I will say, we'll get into Infinity War next week. I need to rewatch it before we talk it, but I will say um, Marvel villains fucking suck. We all know this. Well, it's, this is one of what, three about, like, that's uh, not bad? Yeah. But like, uh, Disney and we will like get, the big we will properties get into, overall. We will get into Infinity War next week. Yeah, but I'm just talking about like even movies like um, take the uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters, where yeah, they great Disney movie. No, just like really big okay. Hollywood tent poles, where like she the main character has a point in like environmentalism and shit like that, but because it's made by these big corporations that are like. Now we don't want people being too radical. They portray that as like, oh, she she cares about the environment, but she wants to kill all humans to protect the environment. That's that's the uh, that's the take if you're an environmentalist. So you probably don't want to be that. Interesting. I haven't seen the movie. Are you talking about Godzilla two? Yeah. Okay. Which. <laughs> I love the action in that movie and how stupid it is, but man, the messaging of that movie is so terrible. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. But you, I digress. Did you, did you know Michael B. Jordan was on in All My Children? Uh, I know he was in the first season of The Wire. Yeah, he did The Wire and then All My Children. Hmm. And then Friday Night Lights. He did an episode of Burn Notice. You think Gears of War 3? What the heck? Yeah, that sounds about right. That was the era where they were starting to get big name people to do the voices for the characters. For video games. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan, always terrific. And then Chadwick Boseman. I I will say, I I I don't think I... I don't think I've seen anything of his from before this movie. Civil War. Huh? Civil War. Well, yeah. No, I get, I, mean, like... I get what you're saying. I think I, I feel like most people probably didn't because it was like 42 and uh, Marshall and all the biopics that everyone was like, oh, it's a biopic. I don't have to watch this. You get it. I mean, yeah. Like most biopics are kind of safe and like they are. Uh, vehicles to drive the actors' performances mostly. I don't know. I 
But like, I felt damn. this because uh, we're both big Ma Rainey fans, right? Yeah, to go f- like from the films of his I have seen, he he went off. He didn't need to go off that hard. Well, at have least you seen the Five Bloods yet? I mean, he, okay, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. It's it's August Wilson. It's asking Wait. you to go off. But May like, I ask, uh-huh. have you only seen the Black Panther movies and Ma Rainey? I think so. Yeah. Okay, cool. So but like, sure. uh, you know, Marvel, they're not really asking you to go off like that, but he did. <laughs> and like, the thing is, um, what I like is that um, <laughs> he he's selling jokes with just this like extreme deadpanness, like early yeah. on where it's just like, I never flint, I never freeze. <laughs> and then it's just like, you froze. He's like, damn, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but that, that's that's really in the character dynamics more so than the writing. Marvel movies, as as we mentioned, they 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 when they go into the formula, it turns into just quippiness. But that's not that's not relying on the quippiness. Yeah, of, this movie of, didn't of have quippiness, which There's is no what I really liked. Yeah, Ex- except maybe Michael B. Jordan. There's a little snark to him, but it's it it's understandable because he, he wants to destroy everything because he's so in so much pain. But there's I think of there's a moment watching it this time where I want to say it's during his fight with Mbaku, and I thought I wrote down the line he said, but I can't find it. It's either in his fight with Mbaku or his fight with Michael B. Jordan in the water. He says this line. And I just think, damn, he had it. And 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 it it's ah, he was just getting started. That's the crazy fucking thing. Yeah, you have this great actor just getting started, and the world just takes it, and it 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 hurts for many reasons. Um, and I, I don't know. It, it, it sucks, and and it, it gets me sad when I watch movies that he's in, because I feel it during this. I feel it during Ma Rainey. Um, I haven't rewatched The Five Bloods, but that takes on a new layer. Because if you haven't seen The Five Bloods, it's uh these four war vets. That's go to, Spike Lee too, right? Yes, two. Well, like yeah, it's Spike Lee, yeah. but yeah, The Five Bloods is about these four war vets. Uh, their their one friend died back in Vietnam, so they're going to try to retrieve the body. That friend that died back in Vietnam was Chadwick Boseman, and so there's 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 an element of an added layer of morose, uh, bittersweetness when he plays this already dead character, and it fucking sucks. But he's great. He's great in this film, man. Another thing we got to talk about are the uh, songs. The songs? I didn't realize there were so many original songs in this. Oh, yeah. This... I don't know what it is, but, like, it feels like when there's... um, Whenever there's, like, a superhero movie featuring, like, a black main character, the soundtrack just goes off. Well, isn't it... We were talking like about how this like, in Spider Verse, like both soundtracks go off. Yeah. We we talked about how like all the A list actors want to be part of this momentous occasion. That like, uh, of course, you're gonna want to be part of this incredible moment. 
but it's like, not like it's a risk. It's the MCU, and so but it's, the it's but a... the one thing that was a little bit jarring was like uh, when they pulled into uh, they went to Seoul for uh, the South Korea for yeah, the was, Korea thing, Seoul. yeah. Um, and like the musical cue they start out with is "Hangover" or "Hungover" by Psy. Like I saw that in the subtitles. It was like, I was like Psy that's, featuring. That's no, the K-pop featuring song someone. you choose. <laughs> it was Psy featuring a uh, uh, a black musician. I I am. But like, I really, who. like in 2018, the K-pop person you go to is Psy. <laughs> but hold on, let's see who the person was. <laughs> Maybe that's why they picked it, not because of Psy. Um, because like BTS was already blowing shit up at this point. I can't find a track listing. How is there not a track listing for the soundtrack on Wikipedia? Oh my god, I think Hangover was the second song. Oh, featuring Snoop Dogg. Yeah, th- this go. was the song he released. Uh, after uh, Gangnam Style, like this was his second like semi hit. No, because it was Gentleman, wasn't it? Oh, remember right. that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. as two. So this was his third song. Wow, <laughs> damn! Snoop Dogg really shows up on anything. <laughs> We've hold up. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna suggest this. Tell me if you want to or not. I'm saying let's induct Snoop Dogg in the Billion Dollar Movie Club uh, after <laughs> Hall of Fame. Snoop Dogg's fucking awesome. Like, <laughs> do you agree real- or no? Do you agree or no? I mean, he's great, but man, he will show up for any paycheck. <laughs> and good for him that he can get it. All right? Like, yo, he showed up on the Corey Feldman album. <laughs> I'm not going to drop this until you tell me if you agree or not. Snoop Dogg, star of The Beach Bum, pop star Never Stop, Never Stopping, Pitch Perfect 2. Yeah, but what movies in this Racing Stripes? What movies in the billion dollar list has he been in? Black Panther. I mean, that that doesn't count because it wasn't even his verse that played. Wait, I'm on his filmography page. And it says there are two pornographic movies. Oh, yeah. He did soundtracks for pornos at some point. He's the executive producer of them. What the yeah. fuck? Again. This has Snoop, been a wild episode. Snoop Dogg, anything for a page. <laughs> this has been a wild episode. We we celebrated Sterling K. Brown, Chadwick Boseman. We discussed Snoop Dogg and pornography and whether or not Batman went down on women. What an episode. Um, yeah. You know what the final fight reminded me of, though? What? Which one? Like, you mean the, the, with the, the train. train fight? Yeah. It reminded me a lot of uh, Star Wars Episode One. The final fight with uh, Darth Maul. How? Where there's those pauses because there's that barrier in between them. Okay. Like, it it had that moment of, like, tension building where they're just, like, staring at each other. Though you didn't get the close-ups in this one. That that was a bit of a missed opportunity, in my opinion. No, but the close-up would have been a CGI face. 
No, because that would have been while the train was there, so it would have been oh, the face. I wanted to uh, bring up. Uh, do you have anything else you have about that final fight? Um, I- I'll come back to it when we go to a different segment. So we discussed the fact that um, when you do an MCU movie, you're doing an MCU movie. And it, it, I feel like especially early on, it was tough for directors to, to bring their own style to right. the yeah. formula, right? And so Kugler, this is probably my least favorite of the movies he's directed just by sheer fact of I, I, I don't think he gets to do a lot. Uh, it also it also feels like maybe he wasn't that in charge of the fight scenes like i i think i heard somewhere that like most of the fights in marvel movies are done by a b team i question how much a director is involved in fight scenes just because of choreography and whatnot and and, uh, so much of that is editing nowadays i will say there are three moments i fucking love that kugler pulls off in this movie that i want to shout out uh the first two i think are the two everyone talks about there's the scene. Um, what are the? <laughs> what are two? Uh, actually, uh, so this it starts off with uh, them burning the flowers that they give the kings, and there's this incredible shot of. Uh, uh, oh yeah, there's a lot of uh, just like individual. You know what the Marvel movies are really good at, which I'll give them credit for, hmm. filming people standing. Like uh, because but, it's because there's no it's all green screen so it's just them standing. Like it's it's like what's the most iconic shot from the Avengers movie? It's literally just the camera rotating around Stay all around the, the train as they're just standing in a circle. Sure. <laughs> but um, first off, shouts to Rachel Morrison. She's the DP of this movie, the cinematographer. Uh, I didn't realize she's worked with Kugler twice on Fruitvale Station, Black Panther. She is um, arguably one of the most important cinematographers we have right now, as she is the very first woman ever nominated for an Oscar for cinematography for Mudbound. You ever watch Mudbound? That's Mikunuhu, right? What's a Mikunuhu? I don't even know that. You're thinking of Mud. Yeah. Mud's the, uh, like, 23rd. Mudbound is Carrie Mulligan... Uh, oh, then I, I don't know what that Mitchell, is. Mary J. Blige. Great movie on Netflix. Uh, but Morrison's terrific DP. She, ha- she, she captured that incredible shot of, of, of B. Jordan standing in the, in the aftermath of everything being burnt down. Hmm. And then sudden cut to the 180 camera turn that oh, I yeah, like yeah, yeah. always put out. Again, of a person just walking. <laughs> It's so fucking badass. As as everything's being shifted and tossed around, you get this entire turn as he walks onto the throne and takes. Yo, his as place. the entire country is going topsy turvy, the camera is going topsy turvy. It's a fucking awesome shot. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then the other shot everyone talks about is um, B. Jordan's death scene. Question: Can we refer to him as just Jordan or B. Jordan? Do we always have to say B. Jordan? See, it's him. weird because like B Jordan, that leaves you with the idea that there might be an A Jordan. Wow. <laughs> but like, I'll I'll call Chadwick Boseman Boseman if I'm talking about him. Do I call like, Michael B Jordan Jordan or B Jordan? I don't know. I don't know. B isn't that his middle name? It is. And isn't that like something he had to put so that 
Does, doesn't like SAG after have that rule that you have to have like a unique name? I'm sure it's not even just SAG. Like you, the dude's gonna go around trying to be Michael Jordan and then be compared to Michael Jordan all the time. I seriously think the B and the B Jordan helps make him distinct. And okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, B Jordan's that scene, and it's a oh, I guess I guess shot. the uh, an, a, NBA player. That's the Michael A Jordan. Michael A. Jordan, more like Michael Lame Jordan. You know what I'm saying? More like Michael Michael No Middle Initial Needed Jordan. Oh. Damn. (laughs) Question. All right. I I, I actually have no real strong feelings about Michael Jordan. Who's the more important figure in cinema? Incredible acclaimed actor Michael B. Jordan. Or was Star Michael Space Jam? Yeah, that's Michael what I was Jordan. about to say. I Who's mean, a like, figure in cinema. I mean, you you gotta respect Michael Jordan for introducing us to the character of Lola Bunny. Come <laughs> on, are you fucking kidding me? Have you ever seen that movie? Oh, I have it on have you seen VHS. That movie? Michael Jordan doesn't introduce us to Lola Bunny. She walks into that that court, basketball court. <laughs> I would say auditorium or stadium. I'm like, that's not right. Yeah, she walks in that you know that space jam. What was it about? Was was it about you know opera singing? Was it about golf? I don't even know. <laughs> I will say, um, they they have clips of Lola Bunny talking in in the new Space Jam, and I love Zendaya. Something about that feels wrong. It doesn't. Yeah, feel why right. isn't she sexualized? <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. Are you saying that Zendaya herself is not sexualized? Is she herself not? No, I'm talking about Lola Bunny. I was talking about the voice, not the animation. The thing is, like, in, in the original movie, they they were like, oh, she's the lady bunny. She's hot. Where, where's that aspect of her character? <laughs> you know what's going to happen. Um, How did we get... Oh, yeah. Michael B. Jordan's death scene... <laughs> um, it's a it's a beautiful shot of of the sun setting down on the city of Wakanda, uh, city country of Wakanda, country country of Wakanda. I don't know why I said city. Um, I, I I also uh, side note I I really liked the entry into Wakanda as you as as uh, Bozeman is flying the the yeah. vehicle into it and it's a really nice glory shot. The other shot I really fucking loved um, is when uh, Michael B. Jordan puts on the mask that he steals from the the museum. And then he blows up the thing. Yeah. Well, uh, so as he puts on the mask, Kuzuka uh, does this thing that I never really noticed a director do it until rewatching Moonlight. And I'm like, oh, Barry Jenkins does this all the time. Whereas this is just this head head on close up. I guess Wes Anderson does it a bit too, but it's it's a little it feels a little more stylized. It's just a close up of the character being in that moment. And as quick as that moment was of B Jordan in the mask, oh, that hit me. That hit. Speaking of uh Barry Jenkins, have you seen his miniseries yet? I have not seen Underground Railroad, Railroad yet cuz it's going to be a lot. I've heard it's amazing. It's going to be a lot. Oh god. I'm ready, but not ready. <laughs> I have three three big miniseries I want to catch up on before the Emmys. It's Small Axe, uh, 
Underground Railroad and Mayor Town, and all of them are going to be a lot. <laughs> I mean, one of them crashed HBO Max, something that uh, Kong nor Godzilla can claim they've done. Nor Mortal or Combat, nor the Snyder Cut. Or, Which is nor... why I think it's time for us to induct Kate Winslet into the Billion Dollar Movie Club Hall of Fame. Star of Titanic. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, let's do it. Awesome, cool. So we have three names. Three names on the list. <laughs> like, you know, it, with HBO, it's just something about these, like, dysfunctional, like, uh, women as lead stars in these TV shows. Makes makes everyone go crazy. Air of East Town, Sharp, sharp Objects, uh, Big Little Eyes. They're doing it. Just, just goes off. It does. It does go off. Um, I feel like we've talked a lot, but there's so much more. T- Again, there's so much to this movie. I I briefly mentioned Ruthie Carter won the Oscar for this, but holy fuck, the costumes are incredible in this. Not just the more uh, uh can I say tribal elements of of them in the Wakandan clothing, but even like when Denai and Lupita are in Seoul and they're fucking rocking those dresses, and and. Ruthie Carter is 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 genius with the colors and and uh, just the, the also the costume when we're introduced to Killmonger in the uh, museum. Yeah, it it was the nice. It was a really nice mix of like um, kind of uh, street urbanish and like mm-hmm. still like really cool looking. Yeah, like that that intro shot from behind. It's like you could you could tell his pants were sagging. Oh fuck! We haven't even talked about that scene. <laughs> that scene's incredible because it starts off with like it kind of like a Nolan Hans Zimmer esque uh, kind of. Uh, well, not the blah, but it's like the kind of like a a, a timer uh, or uh, or uh, a countdown to the music, but then it turns into this beat from Grant's it's an incredible score and the way it just kicks in as Circus enters the scene. That scene's incredible. Uh, yeah, and just like in terms of theming, what that scene does, mm-hmm. really solid stuff. Really solid stuff. Um, uh, I don't even know what there's so much to talk about. T'Challa and Shuri have such a wonderful relationship, and I love, uh, of uh, they 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 sure they they bust each other's balls. And they'll tease each other, but also there's like when they greet each but other, like, they have their own genuine handshake. But there's like genuine heart behind it and stuff like that. It's again going back to this thing. It's not just quips. Yes, yeah, it's wonderful. I I will say I um I brought up I don't love the deny uh Kalia relationship. I don't think that's fleshed out very well. And I think the Lupita uh, Chadwick one is a little too surface level for me. Uh, they have nice chemistry, but they don't build off it in the way that I think, say, uh, Downey Jr. and Paltrow do in the Iron Men. You know, it's funny because, like, it's funny you bring up that comparison because with that final scene, it really feels like it's setting up uh, uh, T'Challa as, like, the next Iron Man. Well, they, they were setting up so yeah. much. The, Lupita's not in the Avenger movies, right? Uh, she. I know, wait, she's who again? Lupita's the love interest. 
I know uh, Denai shows up as Okoye, and Okoye survives the snap. And Shuri's also there. And... Shuri pops up at least in the end when they all come out of the portals. Yeah. Um, is Angela Bassett in those movies? I don't think so. Damn. What a what a shame. Hmm. I, I got an idea for when we get to Endgame. Got an idea. Another thing I liked was um, I. So I don't know if I like the execution as much, but I liked the idea of like the suit being in the teeth. Yeah. Of the necklace. Yeah. I I think that gives a good explanation of the instantaneous suit turning on. And again, it's um, another like parallel with uh, Iron Man, but yeah. like a better version. I guess, yeah, yeah, better version. I, I mean, I definitely like this more than Iron Man one and two. I'll say I haven't that. seen I haven't seen one or two in a while. Three. Who knows who? What do you think about three? We'll get into how how it compares to three later. I'm sure somehow. Um, oh yeah, because three did make a billion dollars. Three's on the list, so yeah. it's a question of is Black Panther scientifically better or not? It's crazy that they made a billion dollars, yet the Marvel Studios like to a, treat it like it doesn't exist. Is it? But also, like they 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 got Downey so sparingly after that. What were they gonna do with it? No, but, but like the fact that they kept getting Downey was how okay. they kept. I've already we'll gone out we'll about we'll this before. We'll get to it. We'll get to it because we have two more of those movies to talk about. Three. Two. I mean, he's not in it, but he's definitely a huge factor of it. The third, the second Spider-Man? Yeah. Sure. Sure. Um, but yeah. Uh, I think that's all my... Am movie. I missing any scenes from this movie? Shoutouts to I really liked um, Kalia's tribe. They have like the cape. Uh, is it a cape? And yeah. They pull it up and it turns into a shield. Again, I do really like cool the different of... versions of technology they had in this. Yeah. Like, I mean, the powers were more or less the same, but you did get different types of fighting with like the shields and like yeah. the people using spears and stuff. Like, that's what I want more of from these superhero movies, like more different styles of fighting. Yeah, we, we, we mentioned it last week with the throne room scene. You get more variations to the choreography and you're able to flourish a lot more. That's why I think the fight scene doesn't work at the very end. Like, it turns into who's the stronger one between Bozeman and B. Jordan because they have the same exact powers. Yeah. I, I feel like a lot of people hate the rhinos. I enjoyed the rhinos. They're fine. People hated the rhinos? I don't, maybe part of the CGI complaints people have, but I feel like people usually hate the rhinos of this movie. They they're solid, they're fun. You know, I like I like you when the nice stops that, the rhino. When, and licks what her. you just brought brought back in my mind. What? Remember Avatar? <laughs> what about Avatar? <laughs> How during that last fight, like halfway through the fight, the uh, are there rhinos? Creatures, there's not rhinos, but like there were the there was like the uh, panther type animals and stuff like that that came in to help towards the end of the fight. The an the animals from Pandora helped at the end of that fight. I don't remember this at all. Oh my god. I don't remember this at all. Maybe Never I'll mind. find out when I play the video game. I was gonna say the title of the video Brought to you by Ubisoft. No. No. 
No. I'm shocked you said that and I said no. Like usually is a uh, reverse of that. Um, I I that's all I got. There's there's a whole lot to this movie, and there's a whole lot we're missing. Whole lot we will never understand, as as we don't have that experience. Yeah, it, listen, fuck, this is a great movie. I I understand. <laughs> this this is a weird to say say after listening to us for like an hour and a half, but like you should not be coming to us for the review on Black Panther as your primary no, no. resource. No. <laughs> I, I I did really like re-examining this movie with with a different lens and and I found that bringing up Crazy Rich Asians again, one of the things I loved about that movie was that it challenges that there is a difference between Asian and Asian American, right? Right. And I think in the Heights did that with with being uh, Latinx or Latina, whatever, however you whatever term, and and Latina American. And this movie reckons with the difference between being African and black, right? Yeah. That's the B. Jordan element. Yeah. And and fuck, that's such a a, a concept to challenge within a Marvel movie. Well, also, it feels like. So with an idea like Wakanda yeah. existing, this country that's overly like technologically advanced beyond everything else, um, it makes sense from like a story building perspective why you wouldn't want it to be just a part of the outside world overall just as it exists because that would influence the overall world to- too much to the point where you really need to get into the world building of that to differentiate it from mm-hmm. our world. Mm-hmm. But when you do something like that, it raises the question of like, well, if they're that great, why aren't they helping anyone else get to that level? Yeah. And like, it feels like this film really tackled that well. I think it, it calls in question... And maybe maybe I'm overstepping, but it calls in question uh, uh, what uh, a black person in power does, and and how you can have privilege even if you didn't start off with privilege, right? Am I overstepping my analysis? I don't know where you're going with that. Oh, just the fact that the Wakandans are so reluctant to to try to help anyone else. Because they're so worried about losing what they have that they, 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 they aren't reaching their hand out. And I think it's interesting you get that, and then you get um, uh, director Ryan Coogler. He said the second one won't have any scenes shot in Atlanta, Georgia, because of all the. Or did he say? Uh, I think I'm getting mixed up with something else. I'll, I'll take that back. I think I'm mixing that with something else. But but I don't know. I thought that was an interesting thing. Uh, Oh wait, he's still directing the sequel. He's doing the sequel. Hmm. He's writing and directing the sequel. I don't know if so. This one was was directed by Ryan Coogler, written by Ryan Coogler and Joe Robert Cole. You familiar with Joe Robert Cole? Uh, I might not be. I might be. You name some things he's done, and Uh, I'll probably tell you. He directed and wrote a film called All Day and a Night, starring Jeffrey Wright and Yaya Abdul Mateen II. It was a Netflix film last year. He wrote. He's a co. He was a co-producer, and he wrote two episodes of OJ versus the People. So not the largest uh, filmography, but but he delivers when when 
thumbs up to bat. And yeah, Kugler's doing Black Panther and Black Panther 2. Do we I even want to question how Black Panther 2 will happen or just let that sit there? Well, I've I've heard that they're not going to replace T'Challa or anything like that. Yeah, which I, I like, but but part of me feels like it would be better for this movie just to be there and that no no sequel ever. But you know it's not gonna happen. I mean, I think I heard this might ju- this might have just been like fan speculation or something that it was going to be more like a uh, tales from Bo- tales from bossing say type of uh, thing. Oh, episodic. Yeah. Well, the thing is, they're also doing a, a spinoff show. Hmm. The only person confirmed seems to be Denai Guerrero's Okoye, said to be an origin spinoff for the characters. So maybe that's what that is. But you know oh, what I really liked about this movie. There was no like loose ends in a sense that are like setting up future moments until like the very, very, very end with that second. Oh, uh, you mean one of the worst post credit scenes ever in a Marvel movie? Yeah. I don't care about Bucky. <laughs> I rewatched the entire Captain America trilogy. I don't fucking care about Bucky. You know, rewatching that scene right now is like, oh yeah, this is why the final episodes of the uh, of the Marvel miniseries have been shit. It's because half of the final episodes of the two ones that have been done so far was filled with shit like this. I don't think the the ending of WandaVision was shit. Maybe I think the final episode doesn't hit perfectly, but there's so much good in that final episode, the final few episodes about Wanda and her history. Yeah, but the final episode itself, the second half, just like falls down that pit of like universe building and be like, oh, this is being set up for later and that's being set up for later and that's being set up for later. WandaVision, you're saying? I haven't seen uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier yet, so I can't comment on that. Oh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was terrible with it. Like it literally finishes the story of its show with like... 10 minutes to go. I will say Falcon and Winter Soldier is continuing as a show. One Vision was a one season miniseries. So I I don't know. But yeah, I don't I don't like the post credit scene in this and I, I wish it was something different. Maybe it will be. I mean it for me it just feels like, you know what, maybe you maybe you just can go a movie without having two post credits. <laughs> yeah, they didn't they didn't need to. <laughs> I feel like the end of like, who are you? And you you know, he's totally going to do that. I am Black Panther moment, like the I am Iron Man moment, but he doesn't. And I, I like that. I like that. All right. I think that's, that's about it, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. That's about it for our analysis and discussion of Ryan Coogler's Black Panther, the mm-hmm. third film in the Billion Dollar Movie Club and Poan. I'm going to take a second to try to fix my laptop because I feel like it's wigging out right now. So let's see what okay, happens. Let's see what happens. Oh, God. Why'd you, why'd you have to slam me down like that, Miss Simpson? What the hell? <laughs> Are you good? Yo, Miss Simpson, why'd you have to slam, slam my face on the ground like that? It's Pawn, I'm angry, all right? Pawn, <laughs> I'm angry because it occurred to me that no movie is perfect. Hey, what? Oh, no movie is perfect. The fuck did you just say to me? Somehow this movie isn't perfect. You know what? 
Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. You know, Pohan, if there's something that we don't like about the world, we got to make a change. We got to make the change ourselves. All right, Pohan. So let's see how we will improve this movie. Okay. I think I'll go go first this week. All right. So we talked about how um, this movie's got a great score has like different types of like rap music in it like it's got the soulful r&b jam with uh SZA at the end sure and it's got stars. the like more club ready song with the weekend i like you say with sigh <laughs> and then you got some like hype anthems in the middle but you know what it was missing a battle rap whoa so like there there just needed to be some song at some point maybe during the credits where it's just like from the perspective of Black Panther being like, yo, all you other superheroes, you ain't shit. Captain America, you ain't shit. And just like rattling down the list and just like attacking them one by one. It's like, who gonna come wow. for me? Who gonna come for me? You can't come. For me. Wow. <laughs> That's great. You know, maybe that could have been the second post credit scene. Just like him at the Avengers Tower just be like, yo, guys, I got a new song. Let me know what's <laughs> Just wait. So T'Challa has the song. Yeah, fascinating. <laughs> fascinating. And he's playing that to the Avengers and like seeing their faces while he's talking shit about them on his track. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, um, and uh, my my main fix. We talked about how the CGI in this movie, the fights, not necessarily the best in the series, like. It felt it felt a little staged, a little fake. Sure. And like almost like when they put on the costumes, it was divorced from the rest of the the story. All right. And uh, complete tangent. Side note. Um, we we got we got white we got some non-black villains in this one, right? We got like Andy Circus as the as the side villain, but like you know what. Where's the women representation as villains? Come on, we need we need some women who could be villains in this movie. Are you adding a female villain? Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna have a woman, and you know what? Why does she have to be white? Let, let's let's give her the name Rita. Let's call her Rita. Who's playing Rita? I'm throwing you on the spot. Who's playing Rita? Damn it, I'm going to take back the white thing then. Elizabeth Banks. <laughs> what? <laughs> Hold up. Didn't, doesn't Elizabeth Banks play a, a person named Rita in the Power Rangers movies? God damn it. You ruined my surprise. Oh my God. I apologize. Go on. Go on. Well, she's not white in that movie. She's an alien. <laughs> Go on. So, like, I was about to say, like, you know what? Instead of rhinos, why don't we have, like, huge monsters? And, like, we we saw the cities in uh, in this movie at Wakanda, but we don't really get to experience them. Like, we're not never in the cities. They're always, like, backdrops. So, like, maybe there's a scene or something during the final fight where, um, because, like, okay, classic Power Ranger thing. Um... The fight choreography, you could tell it looks staged as fuck. Same as this movie. And like the costumes, it's like a completely different thing. So let's let's just make let's just make this a Power Rangers final fight. Where like the rhinos are just huge and like stampede all over the city. And T'Challa's gotta 
got to be in a huge Black Panther suit to fight him off. And then Killmonger goes in his own Black <laughs> huge Black Panther suit to fight so, him over the city. So is everyone teaming up to be like a giant Black Panther? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I will say, <laughs> and we completely ignore the fact that, you know, T'Challa dies in this movie and is brought back. Um, this movie is weirdly more ensemble heavy than I think one would expect going into a Marvel solo movie. And so your ending of the Power Rangers ending of them teaming up to fight Killmonger fits perfectly. Yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, well done. So like, you know what? Actually, so so Andy Serkis, his his character, who is now who is now Rita Repulsa, is is gone halfway through the movie. So what if like so so you took Serkis out of the movie? Yeah, it's now Rita. May may I ask, what if they're just a duo, like a Jesse James from Pokemon thing? Well, I was about to say, like, there's that scene where, like, uh, uh, Killmonger brings the dead character, and it's like, you know what? We could have all the all the liberal SJWs being like, "You're killing off the women," but no, no, we're flipping the script because halfway through the fight, she's the one who shows up in the big mech, and that's why that. They got to team up while Killmonger's already halfway dead wow. to like fight against wow. that big, <laughs> her big monster that she makes. Yeah. So that we don't, we don't end this movie with black infighting. That's not what we need. That is a complaint I've heard about this movie. So, wow. You, you solved <laughs> racism. Did you solve <laughs> racism there? Well done. Well done. A, a round of applause for Ripon. Please, if you're on the thank train you, listening you, to this, just start clapping <laughs> and people stare at you. I'm like, oh, I just heard a great end to racism. Yeah, just 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 start cheering out loud, going, whoa, whoa, <laughs> in the train. And everyone will join you because they'll just know. They'll just know. Now, Puan, so, I've got some, so some fixes. Uh, I, I've explained my half. Yes. Why don't you explain how you make this thing like top of the line, A plus 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 material? I will say my fix is not intended to fix racism. You know that's a big that's a big daunting task. But if it if everyone loves it so much that they unite and then decide to just ignore their differences, that I I would be up for that. First off, car chase in Seoul, right? Uh, they're shooting at uh, Lupita and Denai, and Denai is like, oh, guns, how primitive, yes. And then, you know, what are you going to do in a car chase? So what happens is Claw's, Claw, Claw? Claws, yeah, Claw. Ca- car hits the, the Nos. Claw car. <laughs> the Claw car hits the Nos, and then... Uh, Denai says to Lupita, oh, Nas, how primitive. And then they turn some Wakandan version of Nas and fucking goes after them. I got something to add real quick. Go on. So you're saying, like, Claw turns on his Nas. Yes. So then to combat uh, Claw's Nas, what, uh, what Denai has to do is turn on the Jay-Z. 
Wow. <laughs> this is why we workshop stuff. All right. Okoye turns on the Jay-Z and goes after Nas. This is why we workshop. First fix. Boom. You're welcome. To arguably the best action sequence in the movie. I made it even better. Second fix. post credit scene. Piece of shit. All right. I hate that scene. So we don't have the Bucky scene anymore. All right. Oh, wait, one one question I have. Yes. Isn't it like three movies in a row where like the post credit scene is Bucky just existing in Wakanda? <laughs> um, Civil War, but then you have Doctor Strange, uh, Guardians, Homecoming, and... Thor. No, not like movies in the MCU. I'm just talking about like movies oh, yeah. where he's in, where like that's his inclusion in <laughs> Well, the first one, he's actually in Civil War. Yeah, but like... The third one, that's... he's actually in Infinity War. Actually, Infinity War doesn't have a post credit scene of him. Hmm. But again, it is just... <laughs> I love how there's oh. just three main moments where it's just like, don't forget, the Winter Soldier is, Soldier is chilling in Wakanda. <laughs> Come on, you, they want you to love this plot device. <laughs> but like, what? Know. Why? Like, what's important no. about him just exist? He's not even awake when he's there. <laughs> no disrespect to Sebastian Stan, very talented actor, but... But, like, the thing is, you can't even set up anything because he's supposed to be, like, asleep for most of his time there. <laughs> Come on, he was up. He was awake. The children woke him up. Oh, so shit, he, he got woke? Scene. He did. Oh, wait, no, no, no. no. They, wait, wait, he didn't get woke. They saved that for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. All right, don't wow. don't act like they I'm didn't sorry. do that. I, didn't, I told you I didn't watch it yet. New post credit scene. Take out the the Bucky scene. Instead, they're burying Killmonger because you know he's still family. They're gonna give him uh, a burial, and so uh, everyone walks away from the grave. Cameras looking at the grave. Camera slowly pushes in on the grave, slowly, slowly, and then Ludwig does some music. There's some cool music to the scene, right? Sad at first, sad at first, but suddenly you see a spark. Like, oh, what is that? Another spark, another spark, and then the the, the music evolves as there's the sparks grow into a flame, and you hear "Flame on," <laughs> fade to black. Michael B. Jordan will return as. The Human Torch. <gasps> Boom. Mic drop. Mic drop. Thus connecting Black Panther to Van Forstick. Because as we all realized, Black Panther prequel to Van Forstick. Really, Black Panther Fan 3 stick. Gotta leave room for the sequel. <laughs> what do you got to um, do? Going back to the analysis for just one second, I just remembered one thing. It's like where a great example of how this movie had a bit of quippiness, but it was mostly informed by the characters as opposed to just the one-liner itself being good. Like that moment when uh, Killmonger is brought in front of the uh, court to like stand trial or whatever, and he just has that moment where he's like, "Hi, Auntie." <laughs> yep, that that was good. That's a great line. I thought he, I I could have sworn he says that as he walks into the throne room and the camera turns, but no, they're two different great moments. <laughs> now, Puan. 
I see you're laughing. It's as if you may have you you may agree that we made these movies better. We did. Right. We've exponentially improved the quality of this film. Here's the issue. Mm-hmm. We talk about the quality of the film artistically, right? But what does but that matter? Means, yeah, nothing's fine arts. What does that mean? You know what this is what we have to do. You know what what's fine about the arts? What's fine, fine is that arts. you can meticulously examine and rate them. You know who you know who's probably a great artist? Shuri. Because Shuri, great with science. And art is a science. Yes. Everything. You know, what is it what's the thing about science? Science is like if it happens once and it always happens again. Did I make that up? Maybe. I don't know. Yes, we are scientists. We are scientists (laughs) ranking movies scientifically. Pawn, it's time to rank Black Panther on the Billion Dollar Movie Club listing of movies. All right. All right. Can I share my screen? Let's can you share your screen? Let's find out. All right. Oh, I'm gonna close wrong thing to share, man. What is this? What am I looking at? I pawn, there's a listing of movies. All right. Well, first we gotta do the as coin do, flip. We have to flip a coin. We have to flip a coin. Go on. Uh, as always, I'm gonna be heads. I'm gonna be heads. Hands on heads. It's a head. All right, Pawan. We're asking you, Pawan. Last week's episode, Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Do you like Black Panther better or worse than The Last Jedi? That's a really tough question. Because, like, both of them, the theme game. Real strong for both of them. But you know what? This movie didn't have the badass fights. So I'm going to have to say it's it's worse. Wow, worse, worse. Juan, did you like this better or worse than Zootopia? I mean, listen. (laughs) Where are you going? Where are you going? This movie may have given people like some to work with with the foot fetishes but it didn't give the furry it didn't give furry stuff did it <laughs> the what are those moment it showed his feet in sandals this movie has rhinos <laughs> do the rhino so you're saying but but this movie didn't follow a police officer and we all know even bunnies, a cab. So I'm all I'm cops say are bunnies. Yeah, and I don't I don't like that uh, stigma. I'm a, I'm gonna say this is better than Zootopia. Wow. All right. So we're ranking this between number seven, Rogue One, a Star Wars story, and number eleven. So Zootopia. eight and ten. Men of eight and max ten. We're entering to the number tron. The scientific vibranium. A combination of the seven words that we said cumulatively. Oh, you can't say the name unless you have a second person to say the third and fourth word at the same time the first person says the second and fifth words. All right, I'm hitting generate. The number is nine. Number nine. Black Panther, the ninth greatest film to ever make a billion dollars. Black band. (laughs) Words are hard. You you know what? Just replace it with the red B and it would have been good. It would have been good. Black band. <laughs> let's re- let's recap the list. All right. All right. At number forty-seven, we got Pirates Four. 
At number 46, Alice in Wonderland. At number 45, Toy Story, the third one. At number 44, Avatar, the first one. Uh, 41, we got uh, Transformers, Dark of the Moon. That's, 40, that's, that's the third one. 40, <laughs> Avengers Age of Ultron. The second Avengers, but like 18th Marvel, perhaps? Uh, we got the third Despicable Me at number 39. At 38, Transformers Age of Extinction. At uh, number 37, we got uh, two Pirate, two Caribbean. <laughs> yes, Dead Man's Chest. Is that the one? <laughs> oh, is that the film about Sea of Thieves? At number 35, Captain America Civil War. Uh, 34, we have the first Star Wars movie ever made, The Phantom Menace. <laughs> 33, The Dark Knight Rises. Uh, 32. Oh, getting The Dark Knight Rises because The Dark Knight doesn't go down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The Dark Knight is a WWE character who happens to be at number thirty-two. <laughs> at thirty-one, Marvel's The Avengers. At thirty, we we got we got the classic plushes themselves, the minions. At number twenty-eight, The Hobbit: An Unexpected Journey. Number twenty-seven, we got Harry Potter. You know that that final one. <laughs> Oh, Fantastic Beasts and the Crimes of Grindelwald? No, 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 no. I said the Harry Potter, that final one. Oh, I see. I love how this somehow has turned to the longest segment every week. <laughs> at number 26, Jurassic Park. Uh, at 25, we, we have that movie that Marvel seems to always forget for some reason, uh, Iron Man 3. Number 24, Frozen. Uh, 22, uh, Jurassic Park, but bigger. <laughs> Oh, The Lost World, Jurassic Park? Yeah. Jurassic Park 3. Yeah. Oh, Jurassic World. Yeah. Oh, Jurassic Park, the Telltale video game? <laughs> I'm going to just keep saying yeah. Yeah. Tied at number 21. Who would have thought a tie at number 21 between Andrew Stanton's Finding Dory, Jordan Peele's Us, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 3, and Ron Howard's Dr. Seuss, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I love how whenever you go for that one, you have to keep reminding yourself who directed Finding Dory. <laughs> I know who directs Finding Dory. I yeah, but like you my... always like stumble a little bit before going into that one, whereas the rest you're like, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm worried. Is Stanton or Stanton? How, how am I supposed to say it? Uh, at number 20, we got the Condon. Oh, uh, no, what happened? <laughs> my computer... Oh no, you found out that the Simpson went to let's NYU. Let's hurry up. My computer is <laughs> fucking messing around. Uh, we, got, we got the Condon, uh, Beauty and the Beast at uh, 20. 19, Titanic. Uh, 13, we got the seventh Star Wars movie made. That one's actually true. Yeah, it was. 11, Zootopia. Uh, number nine, we got Black Panther. Seven, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Uh, six. Eight. Five. Eight. Star Wars Episode Eight. Last Jedi. Uh, three. We got Lord Three Ring Rangs. <laughs> number two, Furious Seven. Uh, number one, we got the. Uh, I don't even know what number it is. It's it's a it's a Bond that it's the only one that made a billion. Skyfall. Skyfall, <laughs> as we do every week. Juan, what an episode.
what an episode we got black panther we got the uh we got the sterling k brown appreciation second this is a great i think this was a great episode as we deconstructed a great movie which is always nice Uh, as always shout outs to max list maggio for the art that you saw at the beginning of this the fuck out to max list so harsh Uh, like if again if you're in a train at that moment i want you to scream as loud as possible for max lismachio scream (laughs) yell all right thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the billion dollar movie club where we talk about movies that made money uh remember like comment subscribe on the youtube subscribe on spotify apple podcast great five stars Hey, if you got an idea for who might be on the Billion Dollar Movie Club's Hall of Fame, send us an email. Puan, what is that email? Uh, Billion Dollar Movie Club at gmail.com. And also, uh, we're, we're working on a little special segment. Uh, li- not a segment, a special episode once we, we catch up. So, like, uh, if there's any moments throughout this uh, series that caught your attention, let us know what it was. Like, give I us like- a timestamp or something right. in the episode. Like, tell us what episode. Give us a timestamp. Well, we'll 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 appreciate that. It's crazy. We're thirty-three episodes out of forty-seven into this. We're almost getting to the end there. Yeah, we we got some special plan for once we reach it, and we hope you'll join us along the journey and for the end of the journey. Is it a guest? Is it a guest from the Billion Dollar Movie Club Hall of Fame? <laughs> you you sent you sent an email to Sterling's people, right? I thought you did. Fuck. <laughs> okay, we'll try Mads next. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, <laughs> join us next week for uh, for Avengers Infinity War. Yeah, the, the Avenger one. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a long movie. <laughs> it's a very long movie. And with that, remember... What are those? <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Billion Dollar Movie Club. I am your co-host, Pawan Mehta, and joining me today is Christian Massinson here. And we are talking about a movie, as we have done for the past insert number of movies here. Yeah, weeks, that, that, that amount of time. <laughs> It's fascinating seeing you take over the hosting. <laughs> Do you mind if I take over? <laughs> what film are we talking about today, Miss Simpson? Well, what film are we talking on the Billion Dollar Movie Club, the show where each and every week we talk about movies that made a whole lot of money and then we question how they made money and what may merit the film may have? Yeah, that thing you just said. Yeah, we're discussing a little movie called Black Panther. Yeah. Did you hear the car zooming past? I did my- not. Damn it. Can we restart? Okay. You could just do it. <laughs> you had an interesting energy. <laughs> I was so fascinated by it. And then I thought the car was heard, and I was like, I don't like this.